Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yo, welcome to Hardcore Listing with Chris and Stu. It's Chrissy Goldtouch here, self-titled. I gave myself that name. Um, so I think that says a lot more about me than I care to um, admit. This week's guest is a chap who started a podcast, co-founded a podcast called Anyone Can Play Guitar. Ben is an absolute lovely bloke he had been talking to Stu for a long time about us doing some sort of podcast crossover uh Stu being someone who listens to podcasts unlike my bloody self and, and, and picked up with um anyone can play guitar you know and the vibe of it and what it's all about namely explaining a lot about the you know the the music biz to people who just want to have a catalogue of going well you know how the hell do we write a song how do we release it how do we get management and so ben has done that it's a bloody it's a cool podcast i recommend you guys go and check it it'll obviously be linked up ben had a host of top fives that he could potentially do so he nearly did a josh weller on us and did a top five of top fives uh, and his other choices, I'm not going to reveal now, because uh, they were all pretty cool. We do have a very brief discussion at them before we dive into his own top five. Um, top five moments at festivals, and that's a fucking great choice, Ben. So that was a, it was a pleasure to go through those with you, buddy, and listen to how your sort of exploits with your own band went and um, and how your own podcast is going on. Ben's voice is just so calming. I could listen to it all day. He's got that wonderful northern sort of tone that us harsh accents have in Essex. We just don't have that shit. So, um, yeah. So, Ben will swoon you with his voice whilst uh, romanticising about epic music moments. What's yours, folks? Let us know. Tweet in. Also, um, what else should I say? Um... Yeah, shout out to Bang Boom and Love Beer. I love you guys and the rest of the podcast network. Catch you soon. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. All right, mate. Hello, how are you? I'm a, I'm a bit chilly. 
It, it, I've just put my coat on and zipped Same it up. So you. we should point out that we're at the Hoxton Square Bar and Kitchen. That isn't normally cold. No, no. <laughs> we're, we're, in the, uh, we're in the room that's not being used. The rest of the rooms here are, are toasty and they're vibrant and there's, they're, there's festive fun and you, happening. And you should come. <laughs> and, uh, it's a free, a free yeah. plug to our friends. Um, we will be at some point doing another live show here. Yeah. This is where we do our, our live shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've just recorded one podcast, which you would have heard last week, which yep. was uh, Nick Hawks. Mega. Uh, and that was a good chat. Yep. And so we're up for some more good chat now with today's guest, Christopher. Yep. Um, we've got Ben joining us from Anyone Can Play Guitar. That's right. That's me. Ben, thanks so much for coming thank on. For, thank you for having me. It's oh, a pleasure. Mate. Our pleasure, man. Our pleasure. Um, Sandy Well Northern, where are you from? Newcastle. Newcastle. Newcastle, yeah. So uh, I grew up in a place called... Here's a rig, and now we live in Wall's End, and Wall's End is where Sting's from, and the shipyards. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty much Newcastle. It's like yeah. proper yeah. Newcastle. Yeah. Well, RIP the shipyards, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been chatting on social media for a while. Yeah, we have. Um, and um, thank you ever so much for coming down to do this. Um, no problem at all. And throughout the next sort of about an hour, I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll be finding out all about your podcast yeah. and guess you've had and, and, and the success that it's had. Um, as well as going for a top five. Mm-hmm. So you've sent us two top fives. I did, yes. I actually at one point had five top fives. I was only going to do a top five, top, top fives. Five, top oh, five, top five. Josh Weller, yeah, tried that with us. And yeah. uh, no, it was, it was good. It was great. Yeah. And it's good when you're spoilt for choice, but it makes it kind of hard, doesn't it? So, so, so let's, let's reel off four that almost made it quickly. Almost made it was... Uh, Top five Kevin Smith movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Kevin Smith's... Cracking. I, I love Kevin Smith. Yeah. But he's one of the main reasons I got into podcasts. Because he's... Your sure. number one was wrong. It's not. It fucking is. He went for Clerks 2 for number one. Clerks 2 I, is a work of art. I love it's Clerks great. 2. It's a masterpiece. Oh, I, I love... no chasing Amy, man. Oh, do you know what? Oh, I, love, oh, yeah, yeah. I love Clerks 2. When I first watched it, it was one of those movies, but for some reason I didn't enjoy it. And then I watched it again, and I was like, what the fuck was wrong with me? I was like in a bad mood, because it's, it is a work of art. It's I mean, bloody brilliant. If you just re-watch the pillow pants oh, scene... Oh, I know. It's, it's done. That's, yeah, that's number is, one. It is. <laughs> the pillow pants scene is absolutely brilliant and yeah. how they bring this sort of musical eerie score is, <laughs> is genius mate it's great yeah I mean got three more top fives to, to shout out before we get to what you're mm. going to go for I, I went f- I was thinking about top five gig venues in the UK yeah oh, or places where nice. to see music because nice. I included a festival in that yeah. um, I also had top five this is going to be just the three of us geeking out on Depeche Mode top five Depeche Mode <laughs> <laughs> right. but then I thought Maybe not that one. And then the other one was top five get out of jail cards on your DJing. So when you know oh, when your night is going like that. You shouted that out to us before to maybe do that as a top Possibly, five. Possibly, yeah. It's a bloody good top yeah. five, that, mate. Because yeah. Yeah. we've it's all. Uh, fats and small, right? <laughs> yeah, every time. Uh, the, the get out of jail cards, for me, in an indie club, mm-hmm. smack my bitch up and get you out of trouble. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Never tried it. Yeah. Prodigy, that'd get you out of trouble. Team Spirit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, if we're going to go commercial, we're easy, fit, bright side, sex on fire, yeah, all, oh, all yeah. the obvious ones if like that. Yeah, yeah. If you're in a hip, well, yeah. If you're like where we're lizards. Anti up. Yeah. Anti up, <laughs> yeah. i get you out of trouble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I totally agree with that. Oh, that's a good tune now. How about yeah. yourself, mate? What, what? I, I like putting on, uh, this was a little while ago, A Punk by. 
Vamp by Weekend. Yeah, weekend. Yeah. yeah. They're not as popular as they were back when I used to. No, yeah, I, I, like, I love that song. Me and Pip did a little remix of mm. that once. Mm. I believe. It's a good tune. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Brightside, if we had a wedding. Mm. Yeah. Sex on Fire, if we had a wedding. <laughs> um, just can't get enough. Mm. My fresh mood. Honestly, I don't know what it is. Because it wouldn't be my top. It wouldn't be my top ten. Just it wouldn't be in my top 20 Depeche yeah, Mode songs right. yeah. but yeah but it, 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 on a dance floor perfect pop yeah that's exactly what it is yeah and it just I played a wedding I did my uh, James who's the partner I have in Anyone Can Play Guitar podcast which I'm sure we'll speak about him yeah. I DJ'd his wedding twice he's not that he's been married twice <laughs> he got married abroad so I DJ'd DJ'd yeah. inverted commas uh, playlist and I'd beat you Mauritius, which was just nice. lovely. That'd do, wouldn't it? Yeah. Playing, like, just, like, Balearic-type stuff to start wow. with. And there was, like, 19 of us. No, it wasn't even that many. When we was including the barman on a beach, <laughs> it was amazing. And I did his wedding in Newcastle, which was, like, everyone else. Yeah. And just can't get enough. Filled the dance floor. Yeah. He got me mate Kev up, who is my mode friend. We've seen the mode three times, never in England. And I always go with him. And even he was dancing, he was pissed like. But <laughs> <laughs> so, Ben, what have you settled for? Yeah, so the one I've settled for, because I suppose we're a music podcast, uh, anyone can play guitar, festivals is one of my favourite things yeah. ever. I'd, I've never been on a lads holiday, Falaraki, Iron Up, or anything like that for two weeks, where you just get pissed for two weeks. Festivals was my thing. Dude, you never missed out. Like, I, I, I did that. Mm-hmm. I, I've done that. I, you know, I think the first time was Tenerife, three fucking weeks. Oof. Uh, but my uncle that's owned fucking it. ridiculous my <laughs> uncle yeah. owned, and that was every night yeah. at 18 that's crazy right yeah. and um, that was the Craig story of him waking up in the bath by the way which yeah. I haven't told you um, yeah three weeks but I mean like after that I think we did a few others and I was mm. I tired of it quite quickly yeah until I went to Ibiza and I realised that there was a whole different scene where it had a real soul to it like yeah. good music before that, it's like, yeah. And, and the festivals, I've got, like, literally, like, they, they, they count in some of my most memorable, most happiest points in my life. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what you say and, uh, and chipping in. And do you know what? We, uh, just to hark back to the, the, the guest that's just left, it was Nick Hawks who um, signed the Prodigy and, oh, all right. um, and manages Liam. Mm-hmm. Both of us will talk about festivals and we will both talk about the Prodigy playing Poison for sure. at V yeah. in 98. And, oh, uh, and we didn't mention that to him, did we? No. It was quite weird, considering no. the, the, the nature of his yeah. top five as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so what, what is it? So then? it's not essentially festivals as such. It's festi- un- unexpected festival gems. Right. Or as we called it, the Coral Award. And the reason we called it that was 2003 V. This will be the northern one, which is yeah. not northern. Is this, is this your number five? Uh, it's in chronological order. <laughs> we have so never had anyone do that. The guy that was in before you went, no, they're in chronological order, and then yeah. you've come in and done the same. What are the chances of that, man? <laughs> so weird. That is fucked up. So, oh, it's fucked then up. Two on the bus. That's <laughs> just That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like buses, isn't it? <laughs> so. The reason I've gone chronological is just it just makes more sense. And the Coral Award, as we call it, I mean that's pretty sad calling it an award. But yeah. 2003 V. So this was my third festival. I might have been about 20. Tree Peppers headlining, Foo Fighters, Coldplay. They were all great. Mm. Tree Peppers weren't as good as the first time I'd seen them yep. two years previously at the same festival. Um, but you know, like Queens of Stonehenge were playing, Peter oh, Harvey was playing. God. 
Evan wow. Dando was wow. playing, and we went to see Evan Dando. And yep. the Coral were on before we wanted to see the Coral because we loved the Coral. Mm-hmm. They were like the similar age to us, mm. and they were just magnificent. Yeah, I don't know what it was. Maybe in the cold, strong bow. The weather was nice. You know, when a festival gets the weather, and it's just beautiful. Yeah. And we're like, we'll go and see the Coral. We know they'll be good. Magic and Medicine had just come out. All right. So there were two albums in, and they were just amazing. I don't know what it was. It was just amazing. We thought, they might be better than the Chilis and Coldplay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Coldplay were amazing. Coldplay get a lot of grief. We've, we've, we've spoke about that on the show. Like, yeah. I saw them at Glastonbury a couple of years ago and cried. Mm. And I'm not even a big, a biggest Coldplay, Coldplay fan. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, they do get a lot of grief. And actually, when you see them, they, they are talented boys. Yeah. Exactly. So, Queens of Stone Age, brilliant. Yeah. Evan Dando, like, amazing. But the Coral. So, that's where we discovered un, unexpected gems. Yeah. Either you've gone to the... <laughs> we'll get on this in a second. Either a band you want to see, but you didn't think they were going to be that yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, your mate says, I want to see this person. Yeah. I don't really know them. Yeah. yeah. Or they're the band on before the band you want yeah. to see, or the band yeah. on before the band and, you've yeah. just seen. And then you actually go, oh shit, that was my, not, that was my memory now. That's yeah. the one, that's the highlight. Yeah. Exactly. Or for the last choice, which obviously we'll get to in four times, it's just a moment, a festival moment. Yeah. So yeah, the choral. And we, so James and I, who've got the podcast... We've been friends since we were in school. So, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, there. Of it's the Coral Number Five. It's or is that, that the Number influence? Five because 2003. Okay. And it was the first yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it technically right. has Get to be. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. First I wouldn't one. say they're the fifth best on the list. No, probably higher. But just so we're doing chronological. It is yeah, one yeah, of them. The yeah. Coral. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. Cool. Coral Award. Better was better. We saw start at the start. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the Coral. Oh, the band that we've seen. I don't know how many times I've seen them. But they always popped up as support acts for Oasis a couple of times. The Verve. Um, other bands have popped up as good support. I think Idlewild, like just great support acts. Yeah, I saw Idlewild support Coldplay, bizarrely. Yeah, so uh, probably and, the same tour. And what a band. Yeah. Like, and, but they, they had a thing. Because I like, I like performance like yeah. when, when I watch a band. Now, I saw Idlewild when Roddy was trying to pull the hair out of his head and was going mental singing Captain and Annihilate Now and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then album three, Roddy becomes Michael Stipe. <laughs> and Is that Amer- American English? Yeah, yeah. Era, a, a, a beautiful record. Yeah. But then they were very static on stage. I think... Rob, or was the bass player that left? Rod or Rob? Like, I mean Rob, um, yeah. he left the band, and it just seemed like the punk dropped out of it a little bit. And mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so I just wanted to get, get my my little love for Idlewild in there because they get overlooked, and they're a, they're an amazing band. Yeah. So if I'm gonna shamelessly plug and segue into our podcast, we had Roddy on the podcast. Oh, amazing. I think he was I'm trying to think fifth or sixth guest I interviewed and I interviewed by myself because the way it works James has a job where it's not as flexible as mine to get out like, yeah. like I'll have lunch at three to go and see him at a sound check or whatever and I was I am a massive Idlewild fan but when, when I searched for his email address and thought you know what I think I'm going to pull this off I was like shit this is the first person where I thought like I've liked you for 20 odd years and now I'm chatting to you about stuff kind of a blag this 
And I think I got away with it. Um, but he was doing a solo tour at the time, so it was very relaxed. He had um, local support, a place called The Sage, just out over the river from Newcastle and Gateshead. If you ever get up north, it's, it's a wonderful venue. It's, it was purpose-built for music, and the acoustics are just fantastic. Right. I think I've only been to a few gigs there, so the Eagles there, Morrissey wow. there. But, yeah, Roddy was just unbelievable. He was the first person that... No, he wasn't, sorry, the second person that went, do you want guesties for tonight? And we're like, oh, is this a thing, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Glad um, I started podcasting. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I've seen Idlewild Festivals a couple of times, but they don't make the list because I'm a fanboy on them. And to interview Roddy was Yeah, amazing. We spoke about support slots and... Tour in America with Pearl Jam and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. so uh, explain to our listeners what your podcast covers. I mean, yeah, it's a bit so, of a clue there. Yeah, so James and I were in a band. We were in a band because people said we couldn't be in a band. So we were into music. I could play guitar a bit. He could sing, maybe. <laughs> and we thought, we, we could do this. And one of our biggest influences was his mate Chris, who was in a band, and we were watching them one night at one of his gigs and going... We could definitely do this. I don't know what they do, but we could do this. So, to this day, Rob, who played drums, and Simon, who played bass, I don't think they knew they were in the band because mm-hmm. I just kind of recruited them and said, you play bass, you play drums, come on, let's just have a laugh, see what happens. And that laugh lasted eight years. Wow. Um, so, once the band went on permanent hiatus, Rob moved to guitar. He's a quantity surveyor, so he's building football stadiums. Right. And Simon is in the RAF. Right. His uncle was in the RAF and his brother, uh, cousin was in the RAF. So we kind of went on permanent hiatus. And for that time, for a little few years, James and I never did it. We tried it with another band, but it just didn't work. Like, as the four of us, we could play our instruments. Yeah. But together, we were really good. And I remember one person saying that, you'll, 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 you'll be crap. I went, how do you know that? We haven't played a note yet. And then from that, we played a couple of tours. London a couple of times, Cavern Club in Liverpool, Edinburgh, Glasgow. A couple of, I didn't have a well, I suppose I had two singles out, but one of them was self-produced. So, and what was your bag? We called the Rig. So we came from Hazel Rig. It wasn't that clever, mm-hmm. really, but it stuck. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, uh, we had this kind of like gang siege mentality because people said we couldn't do it, <laughs> but we just wanted to prove them wrong. Yeah, yeah. So when we started the band, everything it was great. It was fantastic. And then we had a couple of years where we didn't do much. And then we thought, well, what can we do? Do you want to like go and do a few of our old songs acoustically? And it takes practice. Uh, kids came on the way, weddings came on the way, and all that sort of life stuff, yeah. which is great. And we thought, what can we do? A, I bet we can do a podcast. Yeah. I, I bet we can. Had you been listening to podcasts yeah, at that point? I, I listened to the Adam and Joe podcast about 2008. Yeah, cracking. Yeah, that was just, I think it was just basically a copy and paste from the radio show. It was, yeah. yeah. And then I got into Fight and Talk with Colin Murray, one of your previous guests, mm. which was a great one. Mm. I actually went back and listened to that, watched that um, Hibernian video that he was talking about. Mm. Mate, did you watch the Proclaimers documentary last Friday it's, on the iPlayer? It's on my phone to watch back oh, home tomorrow. <laughs> Mate, it, I was in tears watching it. Yeah. They, they, uh, and like, and it, they talk about Sunshine and Leaf, mm-hmm. and then they cut to the Hibs fans singing it. And as soon as it come on, like, again, I was just like, that, that wave of emotion yeah, where you just you feel your eyes welling and you just think, fucking hell. Like, mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I've got no affiliation to Hibernian Football Club <laughs> or the Proclaimers. 
But I watched it going, that's what kind of I think it would be like if Newcastle did something that whole out of nowhere. Mm. So yeah, um, fighting talk Colin Murray and then I somehow spotted a Kevin Smith and Jason Musong, uh, Jane Sand Bob Get Old. I went, I'll, I'll listen to that. And it was all about, it's all about Jay's addiction. Yeah. Or former addiction. He's like eight and a half years clean now. And I went, and they would, I don't know whether I caught them on a good episode. They would just had a, a complete hour, hour and a half talking about mole rats, which was my <sighs> entry point into Kevin Smith movies. Yeah, same. Yeah. And, yeah. and probably spot, like it, it, it vies for number one for me as well. Yeah. I, once I got back into Kevin Smith and rewatched the movies, it wasn't as a movie. Didn't I think I didn't I used to like Chase Amy less, but then I like Chase Amy more. Yeah. Rewatching them mm-hmm. through older eyes. Mm-hmm. But then still some mint bits and more more us. <sighs> so yeah, I am um, I then fell down the rabbit hole of all these podcasts. Yeah. I went back and listened to the first ones of yeah. Jane Sand and Bob when he just relapsed about a month beforehand. And they were like a quite a hard but inspiring listen. Mm. So there was that one, Hollywood Babylon, he's smart cast, and I just got into them and just listened to more and more and more. I said, right, what what do we need? We need a reason to do it. We can't just be me and him chatting because there's a lot of people who do that. And that's great, but like, you need a vehicle. You've got yourself, you've got a top five, you've got your off the beaten, off the beaten track. We need a, a vehicle to mm. move it. So we thought, well, what if we do a podcast about the music industry? And it's not a lecture. It's for people who were us 10 years ago. So what is a tour manager? What do they do? Do I need one? Is it essential? Can my mate do it? What is um, the best way to write a song? What is the best way to do uh, live performances? All that sort of stuff. And we thought if we can condense that in, then we can have people who are in a band that might help them. People who just like music interviews. Yeah. Because there's two other podcasts listening to called Song Exploder and Soda Jerk. That's all on songwriting. Right. I haven't wrote a song in eight years, but I still listen to the craft yeah. of songwriting. Yeah, yeah. A friend of mine, Tom, who's into podcasts, he has no, like drive to make a podcast but he listens to podcasts of how to create a podcast <laughs> <laughs> so like Brilliant. people listen to them yeah. I thought right the fans will listen to the stories from Paul Smith from Maximo Park or Ross from the Future Heads but then your musos are listening going right well what did they do did they yeah. get in a, in a tour van and just do it themselves and there that's where it started from so what do we need we need a microphone a, f- a phone uh, audacity or whatever other mixing kit let's do it what's Done. the worst that can happen let's find some guests so the first guest I work all over the place I work down here now and again Edinburgh a lot Newcastle I used to work in the call centre in Sunderland a fair bit and one of the girls that works there is Barry Hyde from the Future Heads sister right. I went if I go and chat to her yeah. I'm sure I'll get him on yeah and I found that I went and looked online introducing Tom Robinson, the good Tom Robinson. Um, he is in BBC introducing, isn't he? Found an email address, emailed him, emailed back like two days later. I went, we've got two guests already. Yeah. To this day, we haven't interviewed either of them. <laughs> I, don't know, <laughs> I don't know how it works. So we just, I just went, you know what, we're just going to blag it, see what we can get. Paul Smith from uh, Maximo, he's local to us. He um, tweeted, I went, I'm on Twitter at the right time. I just tweeted him back, saying, fancy doing our podcast. He's like, get in touch with my manager. I was like, all right. <laughs> and there I was backstage at Libertine's gig, interviewing Paul Smith from Maxwell Park. I went, I, I, I don't understand this. <laughs> so yeah, we just blagged it from there on. 
So that's what the podcast is. It's to help people in the music industry, but people, eh, emerging artists, unsigned artists. Not that, and then we've discovered that being signed and unsigned might not be the thing that you want or need. Yeah. So we don't use unsigned anymore. We just say emerging, new. It doesn't have to be new. It doesn't have to be one month. Mm. It could be two years, three years that they've been together. So if you've not been in a band for eight years, and in my eight years, you know, you've probably, if you're speaking to emerging bands, then the whole dynamic of the industry mm-hmm. would have changed ridiculous amounts. You know, yeah. There's not that huge desire from maybe eight years ago to, you know, when I was in bands 20-odd years ago, like... For me, it was like, want to get signed, got to get signed. Yeah. That's once you've signed that contract, that's it, we're, we're done. You know, we're, we're going to be rich, we're going to go on tour, we're going to make mm. this money. And <laughs> in, in the mid 90s, that was still possible. Mm. But I think as you reach the end of the 90s and, and, and it, it become far different like, yeah. industry, didn't <clears> it? You know, obviously the internet emerged. And I think. Well, I guess you must speak to artists that completely DIY now. A lot, so much of it's DIY. So a few things still remain the same. Songwriting, you still have to have a hook. Mm-hmm. You still have to have a good song. Well, that's debatable. Mm-hmm. But you still have to have the passion for it and the, yeah. the attitude as well. But playing live, creating your craft, playing to as many people as possible still hasn't changed it's just that now, now and again, A&R managers don't know if it's necessarily come to you, come to your shows. You create your own audience, and then they can pay for your album yeah. through um, crowdfunding sites. I mean, even people like Mark Morris do that. He was a crossover guest for both of us, yeah. and he does that. And some of the things he does as rewards is brilliant. So, like, you can pay a certain amount. And he'll come play at your house yeah. or your party. I think when we interviewed him, he'd played at a barbecue the night before. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Cracking interview that was, wasn't it? Yeah. That was really good. Oh, really he's good an interesting chap. Yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's a, a love, such a lovely bloke. Again, he was another person. Blue Tones, around about 99, 2001, I just absorbed everything Same. that they did. Everything they did. And they were just amazing live. And they still are. So, like... I got in touch with him. We met him at a um, place in, in Tynemouth, which is really small. And it was this random indie night this promoter I'd put on with um, Tom Hingley from I'm Carpets. Spoiled. Yeah. Mark. And then, uh, what were they called? And a Geordie Oasis tribute band. I think they were called How Oasis. Of course they were. Or No Oasis. No Oasis. No Oasis. Uh, no Oasis. One Not of the tributes. Yeah, it was How Oasis then because oh, they weren't Oasis. as big as No Oasis. Oasis yeah. Brilliant. And um, we did the show, uh, we did the interview backstage. He was a little bit tipsy after being on stage. And they were just so loud that the whole thing was, it was audible. But we thought, are we going to get in trouble with Noel Gallagher here? Because you can hear every single song in the background. <laughs> yeah. And there's a few, I don't know what the laws are. PRS. Yeah. He went, well, I'm back up in three weeks, come meet us again. I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, fine. So we had this little place in Blythe. Chatted with him again. I was like, who, who does that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's it's been great. So what we are at the minute, we've took a break from season one, and we're doing well, season let's, two. Let's, let's get on to season two. 
a little bit later on and let's yeah. get on to your next <coughs> course. Yeah, there's a list to do, isn't there? Yeah, so we were in 2003 for your first one. Yeah. So where are we now? We're going to skip four, five, six. Yep. And go to 2007, Isle of Wight Festival in Donovan. Donovan, right. Yeah. Now, this was um, a friend of mine, but one of my best friends, John. He said, Donovan's playing. I have to see him. He was one of... He's, uh, uh, John is bang into his lyricists, his lyrical songs... He likes a beat, he likes a dance tune, but a songwriter, poet, rock troubadour, as someone called him <laughs> once, um, that's, that's all him. The year before, now he had a bit of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Basically, the year before, he did the same thing with Lou Reed, and he just wasn't very good. Right, yeah. okay. He just... It was Lou Reed, so you have to like give it yeah. credit that's Lou Reed. But then famously hit and miss live. Yeah, exactly. I think Lou Reed fell in that bracket over. You've seen Lou Reed, so just be thankful. But then I'm like, well, you could still play a couple of Velvet songs or yeah, yeah, of course, or any of his hits. And John was just so disappointed. The year later, I was so done of him, and I hope he just doesn't Lou Reed were, and he didn't. He just played hit after hit. Yeah, and it was just magical. Now we did Isle of Wight Festival. That became our festival. And it seems mm. bizarre because we are as far north as you can yeah. get before you get to Scotland. And Isle of Wight as far south, south as you can get before yeah. you get to France. Yeah. But it was a road trip going down. And it only takes about five and a half hours, six hours yeah. to get down there. So it's not too long. It feels like a holiday because it's always warm. Yeah. In the eight <laughs> years we did it, only rained twice. Wow. And one of them was at... One of them was in the camp on the Thursday, so it didn't technically count as the festival. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're thinking anyway. These things matter, man. It, it does. <laughs> and uh, Thursday night was always big night. No bands on. It did change that eventually. But no bands. We just used to get there. We were all tired for driving, sink a few cans, and we just got on it. Yeah. Friday was always a quiet day because you have got a hangover, so you have a few. Because obviously you get overexcited on the first night, exactly, right? Exactly. First night madness. And then Saturday was your big night. Yeah. But this kind of worked the wrong way around because Thursday we didn't get that drunk. Friday we got absolutely blitzed. Yeah. And on Saturday we're just sitting. And it was just a lovely one o'clock, two o'clock haze. If I was a smoke, I would have been perfect for a um, <laughs> for a few for a few um, a few joints basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he just played hit after hit, and I went, I know all these songs. I don't know the names of them. I barely know the names of them now. Mm. But um, it was just magnificent. You know that point in a festival where you're yeah. just a bit jaded? You're like, yeah. I wouldn't mind my own bed for half an hour, <laughs> a clean toilet. Yeah. But then he just picked it all back up and we thought, should we try another drink and see what happens? Yeah. And then just, well, you know what happens after yeah. that. Of course. Yeah. And it was just brilliant. Isla White is, was, still is to a certain extent, the perfect festival because Friday night was always dance night Prodigy played a couple of times Basement Jacks a couple of times Guru Armada a couple of times Saturday was your big rock band Foos uh, Muse and then Sunday you always had a legend like headline a legend so we went to this festival for like eight times and we saw Paul McCartney Rolling Stones Police Neil Young Pixies Christ, it was just a festival yeah. that kept on giving yeah yeah um, do you get involved in the, the fancy dress element of it? That one never really had fancy dress, but... Oh, I always thought he did the Isle of Wight one. Oh, they I'm might do now. Of, um, Are you thinking of Secret Garden Party? No, no, I'm thinking or of... Camp Festival? Camp Festival, that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah. So Kendall Cole and another mm. festival yeah. later, they do Saturday um, fancy dress, 
Yeah. And the one year we did it was space. Uh, so my mate, he, uh, he ordered off the la- online and rented a full custom-ready, movie-ready Stormtrooper outfit. <laughs> the amount of attention he got was yeah. unbelievable. I went as a um, Arnold Rimmer. You, you know when he gets done by the polymorph and he's got like the Give Keisha Chance t-shirt and all that. Just a homemade one of that was so bad. But it did the trick because everyone was like, that's brilliant. I went, do you have the H? Yeah. yeah. It took a long time to come off. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a Sharpie though, so it was all right. Okay, so are you, have you been to Isle of Wight? Yeah, love it. The festival? Yeah, yeah not the festival. Oh, I've been right. to the Isle of Wight. I've never been to either. Yeah, it's cracking. I love it. But then, I mean, my memories go back. Last time, I, well, the last time I was there was twenty-seven years ago. Oh right. So like eleven and twelve. Yeah. Is when I went. Yeah. And yeah, I thought it was a, it was a great place. Great place for a kid. I don't know what it's like now, but yeah. mm. I think I think Donovan, if I'm not mistaken, because Donovan, Donovan was was famously a, a Dylan clone, wasn't he? He was a massive Dylan fan and. We'd follow him around and stuff. Um, but I, I'm sure that Sean Ryder was with Dil- uh, uh, Donovan's daughter for a long time. Really? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure about yeah? that. Yeah. If my memory of copies of Select magazine from, uh, <laughs> from 1990 served me well, I'm pretty sure that's the case. Uh, uh, yeah. I've never seen Donovan. He was great. And a couple of years later... James's now wife went to Kendall Colum and the Kendall is a great festival mm. it's a long way to go for when you're down here because you get loads of choice down here um, but the, they had a great ethos of not making it too big they just got the, they've got the best toilets they can pay for and the two lads that set it up did it right they must have went to festivals for years and they just did it right everything that you want as a festival goer they did right and they've got tons of stages emerging stages they've always got a decent headline and act but they've got this, um, you know how Glastonbury's got the secret bar somewhere in Glastonbury. This had like a not so secret, secret, like out bit. Like, and Donovan was playing there, like in mid afternoon. I went, you have to go and see him. She went, oh, I think I will. I don't know if she did in the end. I don't think she did because she doesn't know who he is. I went, yeah. you're going to regret that. Because <laughs> it'd be a room about the size of that bit there. Like, you can't yeah. really sit, obviously, not very good for a podcast show in a room, but like, <laughs> yeah. what's it? 12 and a half by 13 foot. Yeah. yeah. Playing acoustic numbers on a yeah, Saturday afternoon when you're it. a bit worse for wear. Yeah, yeah, that was exactly. the same thing that we had. Trying yeah. to catch your second wind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, a, when a strong ball just isn't cutting it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Donovan, and that got me into Donovan. And he's just, he's, he's, I mean, it's a bit Alan Parrish to say, but he's best of. Yeah. It's just, it's just, so many good songs yeah, yeah. to walk to, fall mm. asleep to, mm. drive to. It's just brilliant. So. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Next on your list would be? So next on the list is still Isla White. We're going a bit of a different change of pace. Same year? 2008. You can okay. only have one award for the same mm-hmm. ah, year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to be a geek about it, we're doing it properly. Of course. Uh, 2008, uh, Iggy and the Stooges. Oh, right. wow. Yeah. So, obviously, everyone's aware of Iggy Pop. And I don't know why Iggy and the Stooges got back together for this tour, but they did. It must have been like a 30, 40 year, year anniversary or something like yeah. that. I went to see the Zootons, and then Ian Brown was on, and Iggy was in, in the middle. And we stood there. Again, it was a lovely Saturday afternoon, about five o'clock. So what you just said there, that is a beautiful festival, mm. isn't it? The Zootons, then Iggy Pop, then Ian Brown. They're yeah. contrasting acts, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Can't remember who was on after Ian Brown. It might, have been, it might have been just straight in the Pistols after that. The Sex Pistols played after that. Um, yeah, so we were still there. Zootons were brilliant. And then Iggy and the Stooges came on. And they played... Like, Iggy and the Stooges music, I think if you were there in Chicago, was it Chicago or Detroit? I think he's from Detroit, isn't he? I don't know. I think it's Detroit. Yeah. yeah. He, if you were there at that time in the late 70s, mid-70s, and that music's coming at you, I think it'd be, like, life-changing. Yeah. Because this is years later. It had the same effect, but there's been a lot since. Like, sure. There's been a lot, like, like Nirvana, Oasis, whatever, to that take it on a step further but I've never seen a front man like him he I think at the time he must have been about in his 60s late 50s 60s and he, how he covered that stage and all the water they threw on himself the dance moves he was doing I don't even know they're not dance moves but <laughs> just like what he put his body into yeah. it's primal in, isn't it, yeah, it, yeah. it primal is the exact word I'd use he was getting in the faces of the uh, security men but like not aggressively but just like singing at them and it was just I've never seen a front man like it again I went out and bought all the Iggy and the Stooges stuff raw power stuff like that and just thought this is brilliant Iggy and the Stooges Ramones all that sort of yeah. stuff just powerful there's, like, there's no gap in the music where the music there's yeah. no grey area it's just a wall of sound yeah. Yeah. and you can see where the strokes came from where the libertines oh, came definitely. from all that sort of stuff that New York scene, even though they're from a different place. That that that, that punk scene, you know, yeah. out, out, out there excites me more than what mm. was happening here. You know, I think the whole talking heads, yeah, Blondie, you know, all that television, like you know, there was so much fucking cool shit happening out there. You know, Ramon, obviously Ramones, like mm. it was just 
the thought of being at CBGB's and seeing all of that going yep. off. I mean, I, <coughs> I imagine, you know, when people retell stories about that, it's always with tinted glasses, right? And it's always course, a little yeah. bit bob. But them bands played at that venue, you know, a lot. And you just think, what what a scene to, to, to you know, to, 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 be, to witness. And uh, have you, I've never seen Iggy. Have you seen Iggy? No. Nah. Like, um, no. I don't know why. I've never gone out of my way to to not see him because I I think he's a, oh, he's a fucking genius, isn't he? Yeah. And, <clears throat> and the, you know, I, I remember seeing him not that long ago. It probably was that long ago now when he done Jules Holland with Josh Hom and mm. uh, is it Matt Elders from the Monkey Arctic Monkeys? Is that his name? Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, post. Oh, what's that album called? Post Depression. Yeah, and he just literally, they're playing Lust for Life. Have you seen it? No, and I just need to see this. It's so good. Like, they're, they're, they're playing it, and Iggy's not there. And then, like, but obviously, everyone knows that song, right? Yeah. And then Josh Hom just goes, like, lands and whatever, like, it's the Iggy Pop, and he just fucking <laughs> runs out. <laughs> shirt off, obviously. Yeah. And he's, like, straight out into the crowd, just fucking going for it. And it's it's just fucking awesome. Like, oh my it, gosh! He's, he's like, I can catch it on YouTube, can I? Oh yeah, thought so. You've seen it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's fucking brilliant, isn't it? All right. It and that's what it was for forty-five minutes to an hour, just watching this man. Oh, you've been in a band, right? So you've tried jumping around and, and, and singing for like five minutes. It's hard work, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, and yeah. like, and I'm not even the singer, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like, and you think to be that age. Mm-hmm. I mean, he. I mean, he's in fucking good nick, yeah. isn't he? Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, the stuff he's put in his body. Yeah. He's, it's just one of these. Like, I can't see. Just... I can't see that ever helping now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm thinking, like, surely by some point it's gonna like take its toll. But he's like, yeah. no, I'm just. Uh, well, he's got tiger's blood. I think yeah. as uh, Charlie Sheen would say. Yeah. That's what he does. But yeah, like you're right about the CBGB thing. Like, if, if you go to say Talking Heads one night, like this interesting, different, intelligent band that sounds like nothing else at the time and then go and see Debbie Harry and instantly fall in love with Debbie Harry on a Tuesday and then a Thursday I mean that's unbelievable really isn't it it's good night out yeah I think that like I'm reading a book in the minute called um, Meet Me in the Bathroom which is about the ah that's the second sort of wave of New York right so we've been talking on the way up here we've done a Patreon which is top five front women and I guess we can say it because we would have been out by then Mm. but we mentioned Debbie Harry and you mentioned Karen O Mm -hmm. just that's exactly what I was about to mention yeah Wow, I've and not it, read it yet. I've I've got it and I've not read yeah, it. And it's, it. I haven't read much of it. I must admit. So I don't, strokes, right? Strokes, LCD sound system. The doves are in there for the some. The doves. Now. Is yeah. it also? Um, uh, come on, come on. What are they called? Uh, hey, you've got Vampire Weekend. Yeah, yeah, yes. Who done? Come on, come on. Von Bondies. I think so. Right. Okay. I'm not too sure actually. But yeah, it's it's interesting. It's 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 a conversation as well. It doesn't read like a story. It's it's basically an interview describing how New York breathes oh, wow. and lives, and the bands that came out in the early noughties, the 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 bands, if you will. Was there like a, there was like a lot of influence in the the mid noughties of Arctic Monkeys, Kasabi and yeah. stuff. But that like the Hives as well. Yeah, such good the bands, except for yeah, 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 which was not a the band, but they, I would say they were probably my favourite out that lot, and that's completely the hives. Yeah, uh, no, sorry, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. I think she's just, just Unreal. something else. I've only seen them the once, but she's just again, she's just all over the place. Yeah, and just 
gives it everything. An absolute powerhouse, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. I think that's important as well. And that's kind of, I'm going to segue back to our podcast, that's what kind of what we want to do. If just one person or ten people catch it and go, right, this is what Paul Smith from Maximo Park did. Because he, he said in the interview, I don't want to spoil it because people should download it, obviously. Um, but in practice rooms, it would be the same way in a practice room than he would be on stage. Yeah. And that never occurred to me. I thought right. practice room was just something to practice at. Let's get tight and then we'll, we'll figure it out on stage. And he walked into these lads he didn't really know that well and just gave it six now in the practice room. They were like going, who's he? It's all right, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and then they have Maximo Park. Yeah. That's a great insight, isn't it? When we've had different, uh, the different musicians on that we've got, it's great to hear... Uh, their stories, especially like how they got exposed and into mm-hmm. it and stuff like that. And actually, your podcast takes a different, different like angle. One that for people who are trying to learn or want to get into it, it gives them a real breakdown of that. So. Yeah, so that's the thing. So it's it's if you're a fan of whatever band, you can go, oh, that's how they did that, and that's why Paul Smith holds a book in certain song mm. or whatever it might be. But also, if you're in a band going. There's an episode with Catherine Williams. I know who you... Who I love like. Catherine Williams, yeah. yeah. She talks about stage fright um, and how it really affected her early on. And I bet you there's a plethora of bands and artists and solo singers, singer, I hate the phrase singer-songwriter, but singer-songwriters mm-hmm. who get stage fright. How many pieces did you used to have before you went on stage? Because I would always have about three nervous ones in the, like, the last 10 minutes before I went on. And generally, I would see someone else from my band in there pissing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I got very excited at gigs. Right. It's the opposite. I didn't bounce off the walls or anything like that, but I just wanted to get up and do it. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, it's going to sound peculiar, but every time I thought I'd go, for a, I'd go for a piss and wash my hands, my hands felt different for playing the guitar. Okay, getcha. I don't know what it was, so I just had to keep it in. <laughs> just yeah, hope yeah. for the best <laughs> oh brilliant the little rituals that, that, that musicians have is, is, is brilliant and it's right. weird because I, I remember one night I was like I don't feel it the night I think it's going to be shit and I snapped a string and it was the <laughs> really? first time I snapped a string on stage and I'm left handed so there's, there's no other guitar yeah. normally about just say oh can I borrow your guitar come on just five songs left so I'm there stringing a guitar while the band kind of stumble through a song that's not guitar heavy. Yeah. I'm like, come on, change this as quick as I can until I obviously bought another yeah. one because you had to if you're left handed. Yeah. Um, and it was that ritual of like, it got in your head of like, oh, I'm going to have a shit gig tonight. It didn't happen very <laughs> often, thankfully. Thankfully. But it's, it's weird. Musicians are weird. I shouldn't oh, yeah. really be calling that when I want them to download my podcast. But I'd be but super, a little bit superstitious, I think, if yeah. I was, uh, if, if something worked before a, uh, 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 I went on, mm. I'd repeat. Yeah, I'd I repeat had a, that. My, my little ritual to take, like, that, that I couldn't do a gig unless I'd done it, was six pints. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm fucking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, look, before we get on to. Well, how many have we done? Two or three? Three. three. We've done three. So, so let's. Donovan and Iggy. So before we get to two, let's talk about series two. Yes. <clears throat> so, series one was straight up interview. We would introduce the guest of how we know the guest, why we like them, why we thought they were important. Then an unedited, ver- well, briefly edited, take the, the silences out and stuff, version of the interview. And at the end, James and I would pick out the bits that we thought were important. 
Yeah. Now, no one's told us to stop doing that, so we're not. But what we're doing, we're cutting our bit down a little bit. So we'll introduce the guest, why we know them, why we like them, have the interview, and at the end, it's just a recap. So it's not much waffle from James and myself. Yeah, yeah. So you still get, as a fan, the interview with uh, two crossover guests from ourselves. We are scientists and Cracking. get Kate, wear Kate, fly. Yep. So Sam's on. Um, it's a great lad. Yeah. Oh, it was a wonderful, wonderful um, interview. And, and, you, and, and, and we are scientists. They're crazy boys, aren't they? Oh, <laughs> I was one of the f- funny fuckers. I actually brought up your interview and said, um, I cannot believe that you didn't have Mahoney in your top five. <laughs> <laughs> it's outrageous. <laughs> I mean, he had to go through such adversity with Captain Harris. Yeah. Like, just taking the mick, basically. <laughs> so we're doing that. Uh, and so that, I, I still think that's important to have the interview for the fans of that of person. Of course, of course. But then we thought, how can we get the best out of the interviews rather than me and James just picking the B bits out, key bits out, and then waffling on about... Not waffling on, but talking about them. So there's another um, podcast called Freakonomics where they talk about a subject... Oh, wow. And they take they just like take sound bites from whoever. Yeah. So we're going to do the interviews. Then the next week's going to be like a, maybe a mini series on songwriting. Right. So we'll pinch bits from We Are Scientists or Stephen Page and the Bare Naked Ladies or even stuff from season one. We'll like repurpose it. Right. And have a little series on songwriting. Then have a little series on festivals or touring. And then what we do is for every um, episode <clears throat> because we can't like say to the guest he has money for doing it for us it's a favour isn't it we do a charity of the week and highlight one of their charities or good causes that they are Sprout, passionate yeah. about mm. and it came about because when I did an interview with Paul I thought what I'll do is with Paul Smith I'll talk about food banks because he's, he's big into his food banks and supporting people who use them and he was great in the interview but at that moment it, it kind of went oh I'm not talking about music I'm I'm into like pole mode rather than maximum yeah, yeah. park mode. Um, and we just had a chat about food banks. We thought we'll do it for every episode and we'll highlight it, put f- um, links to the charity. And the amount of people who have such personal charities, it's, 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 it's great that these people support their charities. Yeah. It's not just, oh, this one. It's like they've got a specific a real reason. reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so we, then we'll do a charity episode every five or six so we'll, and that's really how it's going to go. We'll have a series of mini series, interviews, and charity ones. And what we want to also want to do is uh, showcases. So we don't know what we, well we know what the rules are, but we don't know how much you can get away with for playing people's music. I think it can be thirty seconds if you talk over it. Signed. Uh, yeah, so like if Licensed. we were to do, we are scientists. We could like if we play Great Escape, how much trouble will we get in if we played it? So. We're not too sure. It's a real, it's, there's no definitive answer. No. Because um, obviously when I've done off the beaten track, yeah. I wanted to play the music. And I spoke to Acast and they're like, nope. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one I put out, yeah. I did Pip, with yeah. Pip, but I played it through a speaker mm-hmm. in the room rather than the track going into the recorder and we was chatting over it purposely. Mm-hmm. And... But I was advised by ACAS that that was a no-no. <coughs> yeah. um, but I've then spoke to, I it was Dan Lassac I spoke to, who's mm. a real real anorak for stuff like that. And he's like, no, you can do this, you can do that. So there's just conflicting, you know, I think when ACAS said you can't do that, I think they're like, it's not 
a good idea to do that. Yeah, not a hard no. No. But then, yeah. you know, but you hear lots of podcasts where people play music and snippets of music, so, mm-hmm. you know. So it's a tricky one. So we decided against it, but we want to do a showcase where unsigned, emerging, new, whatever you want to call the label, can... We'll have about five or six of them, and all we say is, all we want is 100 downloads from you. That's all. 100 of your friends. So that 100 of your friends plus the other 500, plus however many downloads we get, which varies. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a few hundred, um, if not more, can hear your song, and you're going to give back to the other artists by yeah. saying, we'll have 100 of my friends who might be yeah. similar. And it just, they will give us a two minutes blurb about themselves, where to find them on socials, where to find them on the, we- on the, on the web, and there's a full song. But because they own the song at that point... Yeah, you've got no complications. Yeah, email, you can play our song. Brilliant idea. So that's what we want to do. We've kind of got f- four different pots we're trying to juggle and how to fit them in. And at the minute, we're just getting as many interviews as done as possible. I think we're up to 12. I did John from the Fratellis on Saturday. Brilliant. They were supporting Madness. Madness, yep. yep. So I was, they came through Newcastle, and, uh, yeah, it's a good, good, good story, actually, John, from the Fratellis. And Manus were playing that night, which, well, Manus and Manus. I wanted to get them on as well, great. but it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard to get yeah, yeah. arena bands like that on. <clears throat> so, should we squeeze in another one? Yeah, let's get in number two. Yeah. Well, not number two, but moving on from, what, 2008, was we? We're still in 2008, 2008 actually. 2008, wow. But it's a good year for you. We did a double festival this year. Okay. So does that mean two awards? Two awards, but two festivals, so it's Fair all Fair enough. Right. You can get away with that. V in Stafford. I see yep. shoe tensing up there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we play by the rules, but we do make them up as we go And we saw this band completely by accident. So you want to see the Zootons again, which, why would you want to see the Zootons again if you just saw them three months earlier? But we love them. Nice. And it's quite um, nice watching that saxophonist, right? Oh, Abby, yeah. I just... I, and, Gosh, she's got such a broad Scouse accent as well. Yeah. It's amazing. She's wonderful. <laughs> um, so, we, so this is what happened. It was absolute flood. It was pissing down. The bars were claggy. I went, right, I've got four tokens. What am I going to do? I'm just going to get four red wines and put it in a pint glass and be, just take my time with it because it's like pint of wine, basically. <laughs> but because you're standing at a festival, you drink it quick. Yeah. So we're like, let's go and see the Zootons. So we go to the Zootons, but because we're so pissed, we go to the wrong stage. <laughs> and we're like, I'm sure these all went on before the Zootons. And then, right, this, this must be them now, because the Charlton's are just finished. Must be the Zootons now, kind of makes sense. And Hot Chip came on. Right. So we stood and watched Hot Chip going, this isn't the Zootons, and going, but you know what, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> and they were just incredible. Hot Chip. So this would have been about... Um, third or fourth album the one that we're ready to start on yeah 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 what a tune yeah uh the one after the promise no the warning sorry so the warning had over and over mm-hmm. on it's the one after that um uh, made in the dark mm-hmm. is that right and they were just incredible and we saw them unexpectedly because we didn't mean to go and see them we saw them because we were pissed so it wasn't the band before it wasn't the band after it wasn't a friend it wasn't a band that we wanted to see we were just pissed complete accident. yeah complete accident pissed and going, this this is incredible. This is like, because they've got about seven or eight people on stage, there's so much happening. Where was you? Where was you in the crowd? Uh, midway. Yeah. And it was nice because it was a tent, and like I say, it was pissing down. So yeah, that yeah. was an added bonus. <coughs> and probably one of the reasons why we thought, 
we'll just stay. Yeah. yeah. And they just blew her away. And there was just so much going on. And like, Iggy and the Stooges was four people, wall of sound. You'd think hot chip with eight people would be a wall of sound, but the depth and the up and down and the mm. grey areas. When we recorded one of our EPs, we spoke about, just with the um, engineer, because you, you chat on, don't you? When something was, when we had the beat Nazis on the drums, because he was always starting at like one, one, two, and <laughs> end up on one, two, four. Yep, I'm like, I've yep. got to get you back into that. So we're calling them the beat Nazis. A lovely bit of software. And he's like, if you listen to the new. Um, it was Black Eyed Peas song. He went, they, they've taken it to the, as loud as they can go. There's not much more room you can go. There's no, there's no gaps in the noise anymore. It's just a wall of sound. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you want the depth, don't you? You want yeah. the sound to drop out and like hear crackles in the background, like on old vinyl, for example. So do Hot Chip, are they like LCD Sound System Live in regards to it's all sort of analogue and played live? Yeah. Yeah, they've got three keyboardists, maybe, but one of them flits between that and guitar. You've got bass, you've got drums, percussion, you've probably got some brass in there somewhere. And there's just so much going on. And they've got so many good songs as well. And it's just, it's like when you see Basement Jacks or Prodigy, you know, when they, there's no downer songs. Not, that, that's, that's not a bad thing, but you're going to see Donovan for that one. You're not yeah. going to see them yeah, for yeah. The, the, your chill out, your ballad, these like songs. Hot Chip, Prodigy, Basement Jacket just bounces along and everyone's happy and everyone's yeah. getting along and everyone's not, no one's moshing, but they're like bouncing up and the shoulders are going. And it was just incredible. And after that, we went to see that. I don't know how many times I saw them after that. Yeah. Just every time they came through town, we'd go, right, we'll go and see them. Yeah. And it's, they're just the same gigs. It is infectious, that totally. sort of They're a cracking band, Hot Chip. And that's what festivals do. It's like a whole, you're in this, you know the movie The Village? Yep. Yeah, and like, you're in like that. You're in that situation. Yeah, you know, yeah, you can't yeah. really leave, <laughs> and you get used to the toilets, and you get used to the mud, <laughs> and you get used to the other people, and everyone just kind of—it's like a very communal experience. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you feel when you used to go to festivals. You still go to festivals. You go there on the Thursday night, Friday night. You come out three days later, and you think you've missed months of the world. <laughs> yeah. What's happened in the news? <laughs> um, you check your phone and you've got millions of updates and that. You think, well, it doesn't matter. You kind of have that little yeah. hippie feeling going on for a week afterwards, don't you? You go back to work going, that's fine. Don't worry about it. And that's another one of those experiences of a hot chip because we just kind of stumbled across them pissed on red wine and beer. Yeah. And then we went, well, we're just going to get some more tokens now because <laughs> that worked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> going to reload that pint yeah, yeah. of wine. Brilliant. <laughs> so... We're at the top spot. We're, right? we're, we're the, well, not at the top spot. We're the last one. We're at the last. Yeah. Sorry, we're, we're getting up. She, we're getting up. We've taken. It's taken five, and she's still not quite cottoned on. <laughs> you're not happy. You're not what's, happy about this. What's at <laughs> number one? <laughs> what's the most recent? So the most recent actually is 2011. So it's still right. quite a while ago, and there's yeah. been a few festivals since. But this was Kendall Colum. So we, we kind of came up a bit north. Yeah. Because it's a long way to go. I don't know why after a while. Mm-hmm. And it was cheap at this fest. My mate went one year. Said it's brilliant. It's like ten thousand people. The toilets are great. They've really thought about every part yeah. of the festival. And we're speaking to Emma Zillman, who works for Kendall. Well, in the into the fields, who run Kendall and Blue Dot, who've got craft work next year. That's going to be pretty good. Wow. Um, they do it at the the um, satellite in Cheshire, the massive okay. satellite. So that's the backdrop of the festival. Wow. So it's like a science Shit. and music festival. It's amazing. Um, Flame and Lips played last year. So. Oh. 
Wow. I didn't go, but my mate did. He said it was brilliant. Yeah. Anyway, um, so Kendall, we were Max uh, Chasing State as a headliner, but before then was House of Pain. We're like, <laughs> House of Pain can't be bad. Yeah. And it was uh, absolute lightning in a bottle. We got there, camped up, opened the beers, and the sun was just blazing all day. So we, I think we all had a bit of heat stroke, to be honest. And we just kind of synced back all these drinks. You go into the venue and people are chatting to you. It's great. And then House of Pain come on. And it's like, I don't really know many House of Pain songs besides okay. obviously Jump Around. But I know a lot of Everlast stuff. Yeah. I like his solo stuff. Yeah, like, yeah the ends like, and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Black Coffee and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Mm. And he did a fair bit of his un- other stuff. And then there's a DJ Lethal, isn't it? Uh, not yeah. DJ Lethal. It is, isn't it? DJ Lethal was his buddy, definitely. Yeah. He, he was uh, in Nymph Biscuit, wasn't he? DJ yeah. Lethal. Yeah. So he was on the decks again. Yeah. And they did like this whole 10 minute, 12 minute mashup where they were all rapping on like Snoop and um, oh. Dre and Biggie and all that. And it was just such a good atmosphere. Right. Then, and this is the reason I've picked them, they dropped Jump Around. <laughs> and it, the place just went off. Yeah. It went off. Absolutely ballistic. Wait, you, wait, you was actually talking earlier. I'm just to dial it back on to what what a crap, what a floor savers. There's not anyone who doesn't know Jump Around. Yeah, Mo- <laughs> lots of people know the lyrics, mm-hmm. like for a hip hop record as well. That's yeah, but everyone goes crazy for Jump Around. Yeah, you know? uh, and it's uh, well, obviously it's directional because it tells you what to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> easy, easy to follow. Yeah, it's that, it's that Harlem Shuffle. Horn at the beginning, mm-hmm. the, yeah. that sample, you know, mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah, if you, if you put, if you, if you, if you, if you spice that in with like Mr. Brightside mm. or something like that, you've got them for 10, 20 minutes, <laughs> yeah. and you've probably got them for the rest of the night. If you do it around about, yeah, at a wedding, ten o'clock, at a club, <laughs> twelve o'clock, yeah. you've got them, haven't you? <laughs> Jump around, does that? Fr- throwing grooves in the art after that as oh. well. They'll be all over that. Oh yes, I remember <laughs> playing that at my friend's wedding. She went. I'm glad I brought you out. Because that's my favourite song. song. <laughs> I went, is it you should have told us? Why you didn't give us a playlist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it goes off. And it's just one of my favourite festival moments of all time. And there was a mosh pit going on. And I was like, I'm not having this. I'm, so I go in. But there's no one jumping around. So I just start doing the running man. Because I don't know what else to do. <laughs> and it all kicks off. And we're talking to these people from Manchester. And like, are you alright? I went, what's wrong? I went, well, he's got blood on his show. I went, I don't think it's ours. <laughs> I don't know where it's... I don't think it's from us. Not that we were... It was angry. I think no, it, was no. just, it was just going off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was... Oh, man, perfect I'd love to have seen that. Perfect foot festival moment. Sunny what? weather. You've had yeah. some beers. Yeah. No dramas. Easy to... You know, like, you got onto campsite nice and easy. And, yeah. And then all of a sudden you find yourself a bit drunk and dancing to jump around. We did... When we went to... Uh, well, we'll say, some, we'll say some festival moments ourselves in a little mm. bit. But, yes, mate. I'd, ben. Yeah. I'd have liked to have been there for that. For sure. For sure. Oh, well, I'll let you talk about the one that, uh, that we're going to say. It was V97, the one you're going to talk about. Um, I had a festival moment at Glastonbury, which was actually just... It wasn't even a band. It was a DJ, and it was a local DJ that we know called Laura Noir. And she was doing one of the, like, the dance tents at Glastonbury. And I'd been wanting to listen to... Uh, this drum and bass tune for ages like I hadn't heard it for a while which was Brown Paper Bag oh yeah and so I think I'd listened to it recently and I was like oh, I forgot how great that is you know mm. when you just start listening to something and you're like oh and then she just dropped it and fucking went off and um, I don't know I just absolutely loved it because I was with a, the thing was I was with a lot of people who um, I hadn't seen a lot that year 
Ivor, um, and we were all together doing something that we used to love doing, which was going to raves and drummer bass and stuff like that. And uh, and he dropped that, and it was uh, she dropped that. Someone we know mm-hmm. was killing Glastonbury. There was like a thousand people, two thousand, three thousand people in this tent. Yeah, and uh, oh, it was it was just. That was just mega. And it was just a song. I mean, I can give you bands, definitely. Yeah. But for some reason, when you said about Jump Around, I couldn't help but it just made me think of that. So, yeah, that was a, a special moment for me. Yeah. How, how about you, mate? I've got two. And I think one was a, a V, maybe around the time <clears> of maybe O2, something like that. I think it was the V that the Strokes and the Pixies were playing at. Um, oh yeah, I remember that. And it was the first ever kind of comeback gig for Embrace. Mm-hmm. Um, now I've not been a, a fan of Embrace really, but the first album was a big album for me. It came out when I was on tour, and and it was, and I really liked the writing on it. I thought it was just just fucking brilliant. And and I and I bumped into my mate, um, my, probably one of my best mates, and. We, he was in my band and we had that on in the van all the time and we both really liked this one specific song on that and uh, I said specific not Pacific well done. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the lisp mate I can't help it Glass, yeah. but um, but they play Retread which is just a fucking amazing record mm. and, uh, and and yeah and that, I remember just and my wife was there and, and, and it was just a really nice moment oh. I've got to go more more recent. I'm, I'm going to go um, maybe four months ago to to um, being in Hyde Park um, for British Summertime and basically going to a festival, a day oh, festival course, yeah. with The Cure, Ride, oh. Slow Dive, Interpol, so many of my favourite bands all on one bill and going to watch them with all of my old mates that I grew up in bands with, going to gigs with, and one even flew from Australia for it, and we all met wow. up, watched the football, England won, the sun was oh, absolutely God, yeah. glorious, and then we all piled into a field and drunk lots of tiny bottles of wine. <laughs> um, and I remember just standing there, literally with my arm around my mate Dean, like literally singing our lungs out to Pictures of You by The Cure, just <sighs> thinking... Just don't get any fucking better than this no. lie, and it was it was magical. And, you realise uh, you should have got with Dean, and uh, and I just thought, you know what, you're so much nicer than my wife. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was great. Oh, it was wow, man. Great. Yeah, what a, yeah that Can I get one more quick one in, which I just mm. popped into my head, which was at V, which was a completely different experience, mm. which was um, Beck, oh. and and it was around the time of Sex Laws, mm-hmm. and uh, and he just come out white suit full band like brass section it was like seeing the fucking temptations everything was choreographed and he was just fucking doing the splits back spins and just it was like the fucking wow. it was like James Brown he was yeah mm, I've seen back ridiculous but yeah he, he like, was off the chart yeah and I think I, he was on before uh, probably my greatest moment of all time which is yours probably as yeah. well. one of them is V97 we saw Prodigy and it was just ridiculous. It was electric. And I didn't really speak the next day because I had no reason to say anything. <laughs> I, know, like, I know exactly I, what I, you like mean. My though. mates were like, are you all right? And on the way back in the band, I was like, I've got nothing to add. I've, I'm the happiest I've ever been. I'm done. 
That yeah. was just insane. Like I remember, like it was busy as hell. There was steam coming off everyone. Yeah. The set looked amazing. I was big. I was so like I was really in like that. My music revolution had really started, and I, and, and I really loved the prodigy, and uh, was there with all my mates, and it just went off. Well, you don't listen to podcasts, yeah. but when Hallett was on Pips, yeah, 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 yeah. he said that gig felt like an Essex homecoming. Yeah, yeah. And like, and he said that's one of his favourite ever gigs. Oh, fuck. And man. he said it felt like we were coming home. Yeah. Because, you know, we're proud of our bands yeah, lying yeah. in Essex yeah, yeah. and we've got Mode and we've got Apology yeah, yeah, yeah. amongst others, yeah. you know, some fellow with a beard. Um, <laughs> but um, I've never seen a crowd move like that. Yeah. And, it, and it was poison. I think, I mm. don't know how far into the set it was, and Fat of the Lamb mm. was out then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was both. Yeah, but yeah. It, was, it was poison. Yeah. And, and I just remember looking and just... Obviously, I've been to lots of festivals and seen people jumping around, but everyone was on beat. It yeah. just oh. seemed like the whole place was just in unison, like watching, you know, this incredible band come back to where they're from and take the fucking... Take the roof off yeah. and some. I would say the pro GRE, if, if, if not the best live band I have seen yeah. and I think the problem they get is you hear Prodigy it's so loud and it's got so much depth to mm. it and it's quite heavy you know, it yeah, is heavy yeah, isn't yeah. it some of it that Milton Keynes um, DVD sounds like the end of the world some of yeah. it I think uh, the start of Firestarter and the start of um, Voodoo People sounds yeah. like the end of the world Yeah, but it's probably the most energetic, non-rough, but yeah. crowd I've ever been yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I was I saw him at Newcastle Arena, and we were playing, and this bloke was like, "I don't know what people's problems are. Just take an E and just go with it." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Are you advocating drugs?" And drug was like, "Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it." I was like, "Well, I'm not going to do that." But that, that, that's when I realised people aren't pissed here. They're all like on something else, and they're just merrily bouncing along and yeah. just buzzing. It's. Yeah. And like you go to indie gigs, who are like a lot less B- BPM, and a lot less loud, and a lot less industrial, like sound like metal mm. v metal, and it's just like people are fighting, mm. people are having goes at each other. It's like you don't get this at a prodigy gig, and you'd mm. think you probably yeah. have like a more of a rowdy experience, but yeah. you do. But it's more of a communal yeah. rowdiness. It's it's the wonderful life. Yeah, it is. So. Before we finish up, so where can people find out all about your podcast? Yeah. So I'm just going to check the uh, check the things here, just so I don't get it wrong. And James goes, "You got it wrong." <laughs> um, so our website is acpgmusic.com. You can find us on Twitter, and this obviously hadn't gone, but acpg podcast, and I think that's the same name for Instagram as well. So yeah. ACPG podcast and you can get us on oh sorry ACPG underscore podcast for Instagram and you can get us on iTunes and all the regular places well we will definitely link you in to Mm -hmm. uh, what we post up on Instagram and obviously in in our details of the uh, when we describe it on ACAST and if you're happy for people to hit come at you and and, and tell them tell you what their favourite yeah. What definitely. their top five would be. I would really like to know, yeah. In chronological yeah. order. Yeah. It yeah, yeah, has yeah. to be chronological, <laughs> otherwise I'm, I'm just not going to listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know the rules. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, festivals is just such a uniting thing. For people who festival, 
Yeah. It's just amazing. I think once you go, that's it. You, you get, get the book, don't you? Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah, I think my daughter's going to probably do her first one next year, oh, so really? it's going to be interesting. It's they don't have V round here anymore, do they? Is it Rise it's called? Rise now, yeah. yeah. But the lineup did seem a bit more what a festival should look like. The Rise lineup looked like an early V lineup. Yes, oh, wow. it was still Great. things like, well, I don't know if it was Travis, but it was like Stereophonics. It was like oh, kind of lots of like. It was literally, yeah. I would have pretty much guaranteed Feeder would be on at four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was one of my moments actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, I remember watching Hi and being like, oh, like great. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Well, um, Ben, thank you thank so you much. Thank you so much, mate. It's Ben. It's been a pleasure, thank dude. Thank you for having me. It's been, it's been great. And good luck with season two, mate. Yes, thanks very much. What a dude. Thanks, Ben, for coming on. And everyone, go and check out, if you liked what Ben had to say for himself, please go and check out Anyone Can Play Guitar. Yeah, I mean, that went well. Isn't it great talking about festival moments? What are yours? What are your bloody moments at festivals when you stood there and went, yeah, this is what I signed up for. Uh, We want to hear, so tweet in. Let's hear about it. I'm not going to hang about much. I've got shit to do, so thank you, Ben, for coming on. You were a gentleman. Stuart, you were a wastrel. Until next week, crew, Dem, catch you later. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Our Core Listing, the podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.